Good day, listeners. Today, we'll be discussing value chain analysis, a strategic management tool used to evaluate an organization's activities and identify areas where value can be added. It helps managers understand how each activity within a company adds value to the final product or service and provides insight into the firm's competitive advantage. The value chain analysis was developed by Michael Porter in his book, Competitive Advantage, Creating and Sustaining Superior Performance, in 1985. According to Porter, every organization is a combination of various activities that contribute to the creation of value. The value chain is a framework that helps companies identify their primary and support activities, analyze their competitive advantage, and determine their cost structure. The value chain analysis is divided into two main categories, primary activities and support activities. Primary activities include inbound logistics, operations, outbound logistics, marketing, and sales, and service. Support activities include procurement, technology development, human resource management, and infrastructure. Inbound logistics refer to activities such as sourcing, receiving, and storing raw materials. Operations involve converting raw materials into finished products. Outbound logistics include activities related to storage and distribution of finished goods. Marketing and sales activities are related to creating demand for the product or service and ensuring its distribution. Service activities involve providing after-sales support and maintenance to customers. Procurement activities involve purchasing the necessary inputs for the organization's operations. Technology development activities include research and development and other technological activities. Human resource management involves activities related to managing and developing the workforce. Infrastructure activities refer to the activities required to support the entire value chain. The value chain analysis helps companies or organizations identify activities where they can create a competitive advantage. By analyzing each activity and identifying areas where value can be added, companies can optimize their cost structure and increase their profits. For example, by optimizing inbound logistics, companies can reduce their raw material costs, and by improving marketing and sales, they can increase their revenue. Now, let's discuss how value chain analysis can be used in project management. As said earlier, the value chain analysis is a strategic management tool that can help project managers evaluate the value-adding activities of a project and identify areas where value can be added. In project management, a value chain is a sequence of activities that transform raw materials, resources, and inputs into a finished product or service. A value chain analysis can help project managers understand how each activity within the project adds value and contributes to the final deliverable. The first step in conducting a value chain analysis in project management is to identify the primary and support activities of the project. Primary activities include tasks such as planning, design, execution, and delivery, while support activities include tasks such as procurement, human resource management, and project monitoring and evaluation. Once the primary and support activities have been identified, project managers can analyze each activity to determine its cost and value contribution. 
This analysis can help project managers understand which activities are most critical to the success of the project and which activities can be optimized to improve the project's overall value proposition. For example, in a construction project, the procurement of high-quality building materials can significantly contribute to the value of the project. By leveraging a value chain analysis, project managers can identify the most reliable and cost-effective suppliers, which can optimize the procurement activity and lead to significant cost savings. Another example is the use of technology in project management. Technology development can be considered a support activity that can add significant value to a project. Project managers can leverage technology tools to streamline processes, optimize communication, and enhance collaboration, which can lead to increased productivity and efficiency. Studying this topic should provide you with the strategic management knowledge needed to explain the need for firms to study and understand their internal environment. Define value and discuss its importance. Describe the differences between tangible and intangible resources. Define capabilities and discuss how they are developed. Describe four criteria used to determine whether resources and capabilities are core competencies. Explain how value chain analysis is used to identify and evaluate resources and capabilities. Define outsourcing and discuss the reasons for its use. Discuss the importance of identifying internal strengths and weaknesses. Let's begin with the first one, where we'll be discussing the need for firms to study and understand their internal environment. The internal environment of a firm includes its resources, capabilities, and core competencies, which are essential for achieving a competitive advantage and long-term success. Firms need to study and understand their internal environment for several reasons. Firstly, by understanding their internal environment, firms can identify their strengths and weaknesses. This knowledge can help firms allocate resources and focus their efforts on areas where they have a competitive advantage, which can help them achieve better performance and profitability. Secondly, studying the internal environment can help firms identify areas where they can improve their operations and increase their efficiency. By identifying areas of inefficiency, firms can make changes to their operations and processes, leading to improved productivity and cost savings. Thirdly, understanding the internal environment can help firms identify potential opportunities and threats. For example, a firm with a strong research and development capability may be well positioned to take advantage of emerging technologies, while a firm with outdated technology may be at risk of falling behind its competitors. Fourthly, studying the internal environment can help firms identify the core competencies that differentiate them from their competitors. Core competencies are the unique capabilities that a firm possesses, which are difficult for competitors to replicate. By identifying their core competencies, firms can focus their efforts on areas where they can create a sustainable competitive advantage. Finally, studying the internal environment can help firms align their resources and capabilities with their strategic goals. By understanding their internal environment, firms can develop strategies that leverage their strengths and address their weaknesses, leading to a more effective and efficient allocation of resources. Next, we'll be now discussing the concept of value and its importance in business. Value is the perceived benefit or worth that a product or service provides to a customer or client. 
It is a key concept in marketing and business strategy. Value is important in business for several reasons. Firstly, providing value to customers is essential for building and maintaining a strong brand reputation. When customers perceive that they are getting value for their money, they are more likely to return to the business and recommend it to others. On the other hand, if customers feel that they are not getting value, they are likely to switch to competitors, leading to lost revenue and market share. Secondly, value is important for setting prices. Businesses need to price their products and services in a way that provides value to customers while also generating a profit. Pricing products too high can lead to lost sales, while pricing them too low can lead to reduced profits and a perception of lower quality. Thirdly, value is important for innovation. Businesses that provide innovative products and services that offer value to customers are more likely to succeed in the marketplace. By understanding customer needs and preferences, businesses can develop products and services that meet those needs and provide value. Fourthly, value is important for customer satisfaction. When customers perceive that they are getting value for their money, they are more likely to be satisfied with the product or service and recommend it to others. This can lead to increased customer loyalty and positive word-of-mouth marketing. Finally, value is important for social responsibility. Businesses that provide value to their customers are more likely to be perceived as socially responsible. By providing high-quality products and services that meet customer needs, businesses can contribute to the well-being of society and the environment. Third point, where? We'll be discussing the differences between tangible and intangible resources in business. Resources are the assets that a business has at its disposal, which it can use to achieve its objectives. These resources can be categorized into two types, tangible and intangible. Tangible resources are physical assets that a business owns and can be touched, seen, or quantified. Examples of tangible resources include buildings, equipment, inventory, and cash. These resources can be easily measured and valued, and they are often essential for a business to operate and provide its products or services. On the other hand, intangible resources are assets that a business owns, but cannot be touched or seen. Examples of intangible resources include patents, trademarks, copyrights, brand reputation, and human capital. These resources are often essential for a business to create value for its customers and achieve a competitive advantage. One of the main differences between tangible and intangible resources is that tangible resources are often easier to measure and value. They can be bought, sold, or used as collateral for loans. On the other hand, intangible resources are often difficult to measure and value, and their value can be subject to change based on market conditions, customer perceptions, and other factors. Another difference between tangible and intangible resources is that tangible resources are often subject to physical wear and tear, and they can depreciate over time. On the other hand, intangible resources can often appreciate over time, as a business builds its brand reputation or develops new innovations that can be patented or trademarked. Finally, tangible resources are often easier to replicate or acquire, as they can be bought or sold in the marketplace. On the other hand, intangible resources are often difficult to replicate, as they are often the result of a complex combination of factors, such as unique knowledge, skills, and expertise.
Now the fourth one where we'll be discussing the concept of capabilities and how they are developed in business. Capabilities refer to the ability of a business to perform a particular activity or set of activities in a way that creates value for its customers and stakeholders. These activities can include product development, supply chain management, marketing, and customer service, among others. Developing capabilities is essential for a business to achieve sustainable competitive advantage and achieve its strategic objectives. Capabilities can be developed through a variety of methods, including investment in people. A business can develop its capabilities by investing in its employees through training, education, and professional development programs. By enhancing the knowledge, skills, and expertise of its workforce, a business can improve its ability to perform key activities and create value for its customers. Investment in technology, a business can also develop its capabilities by investing in technology that improves its ability to perform key activities. This can include investments in software, hardware, and other tools that improve efficiency, accuracy, and quality. Strategic partnerships, a business can develop its capabilities by forming strategic partnerships with other companies or organizations that have complementary capabilities. This can include joint ventures, strategic alliances, and collaborations that allow a business to leverage the strengths of its partners and develop new capabilities. Process improvement, a business can also develop its capabilities by continuously improving its processes and procedures. This can involve analyzing existing processes to identify inefficiencies, bottlenecks, and other areas for improvement, and implementing changes that improve efficiency, reduce costs, and enhance quality. Customer feedback. Finally, a business can develop its capabilities by soliciting and incorporating customer feedback into its operations. By understanding customer needs and preferences, a business can improve its ability to deliver products and services that meet those needs and create value. Now we will be discussing the four criteria used to determine whether resources and capabilities are core competencies. Before we delve into the criteria, let us first define what we mean by resources and capabilities. Resources refer to the tangible and intangible assets that an organization has at its disposal, such as physical assets, financial resources, and intellectual property. Capabilities, on the other hand, refer to an organization's ability to perform a specific activity or set of activities at a high level of proficiency. Core competencies are those resources and capabilities that are central to an organization's strategy and give it a competitive advantage over its rivals. In order to identify these core competencies, there are four criteria that can be used. Let's explore them in more detail. The first criterion is value. This criterion assesses whether a resource or capability adds value to the organization and its customers. For example, a company that has a highly skilled and experienced research and development team may have a core competency in innovation that adds value to its products and services. The second criterion is rarity. This criterion assesses whether a resource or capability is rare and difficult for competitors to imitate. For example, a company that has a patent on a unique technology may have a core competency in research and development that is rare and difficult for competitors to replicate. The third criterion is inimitability. 
This criterion assesses whether a resource or capability is difficult for competitors to imitate. For example, a company that has developed a unique company culture may have a core competency in human resources that is difficult for competitors to replicate. The fourth criterion is non-substitutability. This criterion assesses whether a resource or capability is difficult to replace with a substitute resource or capability. For example, a company that has a strong brand reputation may have a core competency in marketing that is difficult to replace with a substitute resource or capability. These four criteria used to determine whether resources and capabilities are core competencies are value, rarity, unimitability, and non-substitutability. These criteria help organizations to identify their core competencies and focus their resources on developing and maintaining them in order to gain a competitive advantage over their rivals. Let's now discuss how value chain analysis is used to identify and evaluate resources and capabilities. Before we delve into the topic, let us first define what we mean by value chain analysis. Value chain analysis is a business management tool that helps organizations to identify the activities that create value for their customers and to evaluate the costs and benefits of each activity. The value chain is made up of a series of interconnected activities that are performed by different departments or functions within an organization. Now, let's explore how value chain analysis can be used to identify and evaluate resources and capabilities. Identifying resources and capabilities The first step in using value chain analysis to identify and evaluate resources and capabilities is to identify the activities within the value chain that are critical to creating value for customers. These activities are known as value-creating activities. By analyzing these activities, an organization can identify the resources and capabilities that are required to perform them at a high level of proficiency. For example, if an organization's value chain includes a value-creating activity such as product design, it can identify the resources and capabilities required for successful product design, such as skilled designers, specialized software, and strong project management skills. Evaluating resources and capabilities The second step in using value chain analysis to identify and evaluate resources and capabilities is to evaluate the costs and benefits of each resource and capability required to perform the value-creating activities. This evaluation can be done by examining the inputs and outputs of each activity and assessing the value added by each resource and capability. For example, if an organization's value chain includes a value-creating activity such as manufacturing, it can evaluate the costs and benefits of each resource and capability required for successful manufacturing, such as specialized equipment, skilled labor, and quality control processes. Developing a competitive advantage The final step in using value chain analysis to identify and evaluate resources and capabilities is to develop a competitive advantage by leveraging the resources and capabilities that are critical to the value-creating activities. By focusing on these critical resources and capabilities, an organization can develop a unique and sustainable competitive advantage over its rivals. 
For example, if an organization's value chain includes a value-creating activity such as customer service, it can develop a competitive advantage by investing in the resources and capabilities required for exceptional customer service, such as trained customer service representatives, robust communication channels, and customer satisfaction metrics. Coming to the second last point where we will now discuss outsourcing, its definition, and the reasons for its use. Outsourcing is a business practice in which an organization hires another company or individual to perform certain tasks, functions, or processes that were previously performed in-house. The outsourced work can be anything from manufacturing to customer service, accounting to software development. Now, let's explore the reasons why organizations use outsourcing. Cost savings. One of the primary reasons organizations use outsourcing is to reduce costs. Outsourcing allows organizations to take advantage of lower labor costs and other cost savings in different countries. For example, an organization based in the United States can outsource its manufacturing to a company in China, where labor costs are lower, thus reducing the overall cost of production. Access to skilled labor Another reason organizations use outsourcing is to gain access to specialized skills or expertise that may not be available in-house. Outsourcing allows organizations to tap into a global pool of skilled labor, giving them access to specialized skills and knowledge that would be difficult or expensive to acquire in-house. For example, a software company may outsource its software development to a team of developers in India who have expertise in a specific programming language. Focus on core competencies Outsourcing can also help organizations to focus on their core competencies. By outsourcing non-core activities, organizations can free up resources and focus on their core business activities that are critical to their success. For example, a marketing agency may outsource its accounting and human resources functions to a third-party provider, allowing the agency to focus on its core competency of developing marketing strategies for clients. Increased flexibility Outsourcing can also provide organizations with greater flexibility. Outsourcing allows organizations to scale their operations up or down quickly in response to changes in demand or business needs. For example, a manufacturing company may outsource some of its production to a third-party provider to quickly ramp up production in response to increased demand. Lastly, we will be discussing the importance of identifying internal strengths and weaknesses within an organization. Internal strengths and weaknesses refer to the resources, capabilities, and other factors that are present within an organization. These factors can include things like the skills and expertise of employees, the quality of the products or services offered, the efficiency of internal processes, and the strength of the organization's culture. Now, let's explore the importance of identifying internal strengths and weaknesses. Strategic planning. Identifying internal strengths and weaknesses is essential for effective strategic planning. By understanding the organization's strengths and weaknesses, leaders can develop strategies that leverage the organization's strengths and address its weaknesses. This can help the organization to achieve its goals more effectively and efficiently. Competitive advantage. Identifying internal strengths and weaknesses can help an organization to develop a competitive advantage. By focusing on its strengths and improving its weaknesses, an organization can differentiate itself from its competitors and offer unique value to its customers. 
Resource allocation. Identifying internal strengths and weaknesses is also important for resource allocation. By understanding the organization's strengths and weaknesses, leaders can allocate resources more effectively to areas of the organization that will benefit most from them. This can help to improve the overall efficiency and effectiveness of the organization. Employee development. Identifying internal strengths and weaknesses can also help with employee development. By understanding the skills and expertise of employees, leaders can identify areas where training and development are needed. This can help to improve the overall skill level of the workforce, which can benefit the organization as a whole. Continuous improvement. Finally, identifying internal strengths and weaknesses is essential for continuous improvement. By regularly assessing the organization's strengths and weaknesses, leaders can identify areas where improvements can be made. This can help to ensure that the organization is constantly evolving and improving to meet the changing needs of its customers and stakeholders. Let's summarize the topic of value chain analysis of the project. This analysis is a tool used to understand the various stages that a project goes through, from conception to delivery, and the value that is added at each stage. The value chain analysis of a project involves identifying the primary and support activities that are involved in the project and analyzing the value that is added by each activity. Primary activities are those that are directly involved in creating the product or service, while support activities provide the infrastructure and support necessary for the primary activities to function. The first stage of the value chain analysis is to identify the primary activities involved in the project. These may include activities such as market research, product design, raw material procurement, production, marketing, and distribution. Each of these activities contributes to the value that is added to the final product or service. The second stage of the analysis involves identifying the support activities that are required to facilitate the primary activities. These may include activities such as finance, human resources, information technology, and legal support. These activities may not directly add value to the final product or service, but they are essential to the success of the project. Once the primary and support activities have been identified, the next step is to analyze the value that is added at each stage. This involves assessing the costs and benefits associated with each activity and determining whether the activity is adding value to the final product or service. Activities that are not adding value should be eliminated or streamlined to reduce costs and increase efficiency. The value chain analysis of the project can also be used to identify areas where value can be added. This may involve identifying new markets or customers, improving the quality of the product or service, or developing new products or services that complement the existing ones. Concluding this, VCA say that the value chain analysis of the project is a valuable tool that can be used to understand the various stages involved in a project and the value that is added at each stage. By identifying the primary and support activities and analyzing the value that is added at each stage, project managers can streamline the project and improve efficiency, ultimately leading to greater success. Thank you for listening.